Morning, everyone. The Bible reading today is from 1 John, chapter 4, verse 13, to chapter 5, verse 4. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son as the world's saviour. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and the one who remains in love remains in God and God remains in him. In this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother or sister whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And we have this command from him. The one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of him. This is how we know that we love God's children, when we love God and obey his commands. For this is what love for God is, to keep his commands. And his commands are not a burden, because everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light and there is absolutely no darkness in him. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Well, good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Glad, Jeff. Ten seconds of Googling showed me a Sultana um, <laughs> named beer, beer named Sultana beer, but uh, it doesn't seem to have Sultanas in it, so I think your, your point still holds. Um, I think it's a sort of hot call. Anyway, if you join us online and you're watching the recording of this, um, you'll have no idea what we're talking about. Trust me, it'll make it made sense before. I'm, I'm going to pray. Let's pray. Um, loving Father, thank you for your word to us. Thank you for this time to stop and sit and um, hear it read. Thanks for the opportunity to sing. Thanks for the opportunity to pray to you and to be with you together in this way. And we ask that as we look at your word um, this morning, you would uh, speak to us through it and shape us and our hearts and our lives by, it, by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, well, last week, um, some of you were involved with us with the 24 hours of prayer. Um, it was a really uh, great time. Now, the, it wasn't that we had to pray for 24 hours in a row, like individually, but 
over the, the 24 hours period, there was someone in here pretty much the whole time praying. There were stations around the room, there were things uh, to pray for, um, all kinds of stuff. I brought my kids up here around 6 o'clock, and it was really good and great for them. I got zero praying done in that moment. I spent more time keeping my kids off the drum kit and cleaning up crumbs and changing nappies. So uh, I came back for the midnight shift, and you know, that was actually good for me. Um, and it was really great. I think what 24 hours of prayer does and gives us the chance to do um, is just carve out a chunk of time where it's quite often to do, hard to do so, just to sit and pray and have the discipline and the, the inspiration of things to pray for for the hour or so. Um, and it's really great. I think it draws uh, my eyes to what God is doing around the world, as prayer often does, um, see the bigness of God's plans and the smallness of us. It's, it's very encouraging to do that. It was really good, particularly to pray for Christians who suffer for their faith. Um, Annie prayed for uh, them before. We prayed particularly in the 24 hours for um, the nations of Iran and for China. Um, and, and there was lots of materials out there. Now, I sat there and I read this, this stuff from, from China I was reading this, uh, these kind of interviews with church leaders in China, and I, I had one John kind of percolating in my mind. I was trying to think about uh, what to teach and, and how to teach one John, and it's been going on for a, like a while now. So as I read this paragraph I'll show you, um, it, it really stood out to me. I, I heard echoes of one John, and I want to share it with you. Uh, one Chinese church leader said this. He said, Under persecution... We recognize our own heart. We are lovers of the world. We love the world more than we love the Lord. It's a one John echo there, if you, if you notice. We do not want to bear the cross. We love the middle class life. We were converted and learned Christianity with missionaries from South Korea and the US. Now we realize we deeply desired the lifestyle of those missionaries. Under persecution... We do not want to bear the cross for the Lord. The way of the cross of our older generation is now truly our path. We need to follow our fathers and our grandfathers in this way. We need to become followers of Christ by his cross. We need to repent, leaders as well as congregations. If you've been with us for the last few weeks and you've been reading through 1 John a bit with us, you'll see some of the echoes there. We're talking about our loves, our desires, our hearts. We've talked about Loving the world more than we love the Lord. About diagnosing our desires, if you remember. I wonder if you notice what made this church in China diagnose its own desires. What brought it out? He said, under persecution, we recognize our own heart. Under persecution. They love the world more than they love the Lord, they said. And I was really challenged reading that. I was challenged reading that. I wonder what persecution would reveal about my heart. I wonder what it would reveal about your heart if this kind of thing happened to us. I mean, can you imagine living in a place and time where gathering just like this is illegal? Sure, we were banned for a while, but that was health reasons, and no one's going to put us in jail. You'd be punishable by fine, imprisonment, or worse. You know, just owning a Bible in your house, downloading a Bible app that track you and find you can have serious consequences. I wonder, would you keep meeting with Christians and reading your Bible if this was the case? For us, what would fear do to us? And the church leader in China um, said they need to repent of their attitude. The attitude was, we kind of call that attitude, attitude um, consumer Christianity. You heard that? 
It's a label often put on us as a Western church, and I wonder, does it apply to you? Does it apply to me or to TAC? Under persecution, we recognize our own heart. When we face the things we fear, we recognize our own heart's desires. What is it that we fear? What would that show up in our hearts? As we read uh, 1 John, then we we saw a a tension between fear and love. We see um, there's a tension between living lives shaped by love and uh, lives shaped uh, by the things that we fear. And I, I want us to see today particularly that life with Jesus means love without fear. Life with Jesus means love without fear. I think it's really important for you and for me because so often our lives are actually run by the things that we fear more than the things that we love. Now, we don't need to fear mass persecution of Christians here, but there are other things that we fear. And all too often our lives are stifled by those things, driven by those things. And, and I found it's not just the things that we fear ourselves that when we live in fear. Often, I mean, at times, we can actually use fear ourselves. Not just that we feel it, we inflict it as well. Life with fear, even when we want to be loving and be loved, we end up fearing and being feared, and that really shouldn't be. Instead of leading with love in our families and workplaces and relationships, we can cause others to fear us, our, our anger, our moods, our disappointment. Fear cuts both ways. I want to see that today. We suffer from it, we can inflict it, but it really shouldn't be this way. We get a glimpse of that, 1 John 4, verse 18, there is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. I don't want to live in fear. I'm sure you don't either. I don't want to use fear. I want this perfect love to shape my life. Imagine you might as well. And do we get this by just working at it, being more loving, being less fearful? Well, no, the answer is always... The answer is always... Jesus, thank you. Good. Thanks, Sunday School Answers. The answer is always Jesus. So we're going to see, we're going to dig into the bit of the Bible and see that life with Jesus means this love without fear. Life with Jesus, love without fear. So firstly, let's think about this idea, life with Jesus. Now you probably remember the, the letter of 1 John is written to churches who are in, in, in danger, danger from teachers telling them that Jesus doesn't matter. He isn't the Christ. He isn't God come to be with, with people. You know, these false teachers were horrified that the pure and holy God would be in a dirty, ordinary human. That's, that they couldn't get their head around that. But and really quickly, this passage starts off reminding us again of this amazing truth, but he goes a step further than that. An even more amazing truth. God didn't just come once as a human, as the perfect, pure Jesus. He didn't just do that. The truth is now God comes to be even with with you, with us. The Spirit of God, not just in the perfect Jesus, but the Spirit of God in the sinful, broken, hurting and failing you and me, with and in us. Let me uh, read that bit of the Bible again from verse uh, 13. And listen to the language of in and, and with. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son as the world's Savior. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. 
We have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God, not just with Jesus that one time, but with us. You know how you can kind of get used to amazing things? They can become ordinary and boring. Imagine you told your great-grandparents that one day you could fly across the world in a matter of hours while sending images and sounds on a little device you can keep in your pocket that tells you everything you need to know. And, uh, you know, it'd just be mind-blowing, wouldn't it, to them? They couldn't even imagine it. They'd be like, you're joking, you're crazy. But for us, yeah, whatever, pretty normal. Fly across the world, send messages. We get used to the miracle, don't give it a second thought. And it's like that with this idea of God being with us by His Spirit. Oh yeah, sure, God is in my heart, Jesus is with me, He's given us a Spirit, whatever. No, I mean, just take a minute to think about what that's actually saying. The eternal, divine, creator of everything is with you. Not just when you pick up the phone to call Him, but all the time. I think it's unbelievable. And it's true. It's true for those who recognize Jesus for who he is. Recognize him as God in the flesh, that know Jesus as the one who saves. In that person, in that little broken person, God remains in her and she in God. God remains in him and he in God. God remains in me and you and us in God too. That's amazing. It's terrifying. (laughs) It would be terrifying if this God was against you. He'd be fearful if he'd come to dominate and destroy. But what is God's posture towards those that he is with? What's his, what's his attitude? What's his posture towards them? It's love without fear. Verse 16, we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. The one who remains in love remains in God and God remains in him. We have life with Jesus. You have life with Jesus, the Spirit of God with you. And life with Jesus means love without fear. Uh, Love without fear. Uh, Verse 17, in this, love is made complete in us, so that we may have confidence, confidence, no fear, in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in the world. I'm going to dig into this one for a little while. I'm just going to dig in here for a bit. Love complete in us, confidence, no fear, even in the day of judgment. Life without Jesus is love without fear, we're told. But what does this look like? What does this look like? The answer's right there. You might have missed it. And it's been fair enough, right? We've been in the letter of 1 John for several weeks now. And it's starting to sound, I think, a bit samey, if we're honest. You can be honest with me. I think it's starting to sound a bit the same over and over again. And and as Cole said the other week, John's kind of polishing up this truth from different angles and looking at different sides of the same kind of stuff. And it feels to me like a big bowl of wheat bix, yeah? Good stuff, but tasting all a bit samey by now. (laughs) Almost, Cole, almost. But as I was chewing over this passage for this week, I'm like, what what can I say that hasn't been said already? What can I encourage the church with? And then this this thing stood out to me, like, Cole, a sultana, thank you, yep. (laughs) Like a stray sultana in a bowl of wheat bix. This stood out, like that whole bill up was just for that line. So just so, you know, it wasn't that much there. But I thought, I was was, was like, what is this? What's this one thing that's standing out to me? In this passage, what is it? And here it is, it's it's highlighted there. What does it mean? I'll read it again. In this, love is made complete with us 
so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Here it is. Because as he is, so also are we in the world. Here these words. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. We're going to stay on this side. Thanks, John. Uh, what does that mean? Now, it sounds like right, there's some kind of link between the way that God's in the world and the way that we're in the world. Yeah? Uh, what, does that, what does that mean? Well, one thing you can do if you're kind of unsure about what a bit of the Bible means, you can check different translations and see if, you can, if they give clues as to what this is talking about. And the NIV says something like this. It says, in this world, we are like Jesus. Now, it's a bit of a, bit of a jump to translate it like that, but, but you can get what it's saying. The, the way that God was in the world was as Jesus. So God was in the world as Jesus. And there's a link between the way God is in the world and we are in the world. Because as he is, so also are we in the world. There's a link with the way that God walks in the world as Jesus and the way that we walk with Jesus in the world as he is, so also are we. Okay. You with me? So if we're in the world like Jesus is in the world, what difference does that make? How are we like Jesus? Love completed in us, no fear, confidence, um, because as he is, so also we are in the world. And so as God is with us, his love is complete in us. We can have confidence, we can have no fear, even in the face of judgment, because we're like Jesus in the world. And in a lot of ways, we are like Jesus in the world. We have God's Spirit in us, like I said before. We can be called God's children, like Jesus was called God's Son. And with our sins forgiven, God looks at us and sees Jesus' purity. God looks at us and sees Jesus' righteousness. So life in the world for us looks a bit like Jesus' life in the world. Confidence without fear. Love without fear. And, and he kind of explains a bit more what this looks like. The next uh, verse, he says, um, in verse 18, there is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. So put together, life, love is complete in us. We can live without fear. Love drives out fear because we're like Jesus somehow. Life with Jesus, love without fear. So let's take, a, let's take a bit of an example. What did that look like for Jesus? What was Jesus like with this whole fear thing? Did Jesus walk through the world afraid? I did a little, little skim through the stories of Jesus and noted the moments when Jesus, by all rights, could, could have been afraid. Good reason to be afraid. There are many of those moments. I mean, even as a baby, he wouldn't have known it, but as a baby, escaping as a, as a refugee uh, to, to Egypt. Separation uh, from his parents as a 12-year-old in Jerusalem. That could have been scary. Uh, the devil tempting you directly in the desert. Could be terrifying. Hostile crowds repeatedly trying to kill him. Questioning interrogation from the powerful political leaders, death threats from them, facing demon-possessed people, wild storms on the, ocean, on the sea, over and over again, times when he could feel fear. But how do we see Jesus in those moments? What do we see? We see, we see a guy totally in control. We don't see fear. Now, it's not a robot. We see him express anger. We see him express grief. We see him express affection. But not fear, right? Except maybe once. But I'll come back to that in a moment. 
mostly. We look at Jesus in these stories, we see life without fear. We see love without fear. Matthew 23, 37, uh, Jesus looks over the city of Jerusalem that he loves, and he says this, he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Declaration of love, even motherly love almost. And with that declaration of love, even though he knows he faces the same fate as the prophets and those sent to him, them, he sets his face towards Jesus, walks towards people he loves, and walks to his own death at their hands. As Jesus is, so also are we in this world. Jesus knows God's power. He knows his goodness. He knows his plan, and so he has no need to fear. And so for us who know God's goodness, and know his power and his plan, uh, who know that Jesus went to his death then to save us, to give us life, we have this knowledge, and more than having knowledge, we have his spirit. We too, can, like Jesus, can live without fear, so we can be free from fear. This is the freedom that our Christian brothers, our Chinese brothers and sisters were discovering anew, even in the face of persecution, even because of persecution. Love without fear, even in fearful situations. Uh, if you were here last week, um, we had the, the privilege of baptizing uh, Wan Lee. Those of that were here last week, and we saw the video. If you haven't seen the video, we'll release it um, uh, somehow soon so you can see it again. And uh, she's a lady from China. She's part of our church family, lives on, on my street, um, along with some other neighbors, that are some of whom are here. And as, as, as we shared her story uh, last week, uh, I, I asked her, I said, what difference does knowing Jesus make to your life? What's changed? And she just said something like, before she knew Jesus, when things would go bad or be difficult, or, or when things would go wrong, beforehand she would stress, she would worry, she'd be fearful. But now, she says, she leaves it to God. She leaves it up to God. What, what is that? What's going on? Well, that's the spirit of Jesus in her teaching her to begin to live without fear. I'm sure she still feels fear. But that's the spirit of Jesus teaching her to live without fear. Wanley knows his goodness and presence, just as Jesus knew God's goodness and presence. Just as he is, so also she is becoming in the world. Just as he is, so are we becoming in the world. Life without fear, even in the face of fearful things. Now, as we read 1 John, uh, we, don't, we see that fear isn't just removed or destroyed or wiped out or walked away from. It's not a magic solution. Just stop being afraid. Go on. That's not a solution. No, fear must be displaced. Fear must be displaced. Something must take its place. And what's that thing? That thing is love. Verse 18 again, there is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because he first loved us. Perfect love drives out fear. Perfect love drives out fear. And, and we know that from our experience, right? We know that from our experience. My love for my family means that I will not freak out and crash the car even when a huntsman spider appears from behind the sun visor. <laughs> I will pull it together and keep my family safe, I hope. I've done it once. I don't want to do it again. Love drives out 
Fear. I saw a Mother's Day article um, about talking about mums who saved their kids. You know, crazy things. Burning buildings. Uh, one lifted a car clean off her, her kid. One faced a polar bear. One wrestled a cougar to save her kids. It's insane, isn't it? But love drives out fear in those moments. We sing songs about it. I'll do anything for love. I'll you know, catch a grenade for you or something. I'd walk 500 miles. I'm 500 more. Yeah, 1,000 miles. I don't even walk 500 miles. but <laughs> Not perfect love. 1,000 miles. I'm not going to know that for next service. Oh. Right. Even in our broken, messed up world, we know this. We know that love drives out fear. Even us, even, even, even we know this, that love drives out fear. But what we're offered here in John is something different, yeah? Perfect love. Perfect love which drives out fear. Perfect. Who has ever loved perfectly? Who has ever been loved perfectly? Who has ever loved you perfectly? Well, one person. You know, before I, I kind of said, you know, we look at Jesus' life and, and he doesn't, doesn't, deal, doesn't fear things. He walks through life without fear. And then we can share that lack of fear. And I, I talked about that before. And I said, well, if you, if you know your Bible, maybe you might be thinking, well, hang on, Murray, there was, there was a moment. Wasn't there a time that Jesus felt fear? He wasn't always cool and calm and collected and in control. What about, the, what about the garden? I wonder if you're thinking that. What about the garden? If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the garden of Gethsemane that night before Jesus was executed. We see Jesus there in anguish. It's not cold fear, but I think it's splitting hairs to sort of say nothing to do with it. Like it, it was certainly very high anxiety, weeping, sweating blood, looking ahead to the coming cross. Terrifying. Did Jesus feel fear? Like I said, the word fear isn't used, but it's pretty darn close. Does that ruin my argument? Jesus felt fear, and so we will too. Do we want to be like him in that? Well, look at verse 18 again. Look at this again. It says, There's no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. And I think what we see in the garden and on the cross is the process of perfect fear Sorry, perfect love driving out fear. Because what do we see Jesus waiting for in the garden? It's waiting for punishment. Fear involves punishment. What Jesus faced was punishment. Punishment not for his, for his rubbish, for his sins, for his failures and shortcomings, but for all of humanity's. Punishment brings out fear, and Jesus was facing pretty insane punishment. And of verse 18, the one who fears is not complete in love. And Jesus was about to have his heart broken. Because the first time in his life, in eternity, he was going to step out of perfect, complete love. For the first time in eternity, he would face a rift, a felt rift at least, in, in, in his loving relationship with his father. A separation he'd never known, never felt before. It is entirely reasonable that Jesus felt in that moment the deepest of fears. He faced punishment. His love was becoming incomplete. But that doesn't destroy the point that walking with Jesus now means walking without fear because as he walked through the world for us, so as, he, as, as he walked the world with us, sorry, he walked it through for us. I'll say it again. As he walked through the world with humanity, he worked, walked through the world for humanity. And in that moment, he was bearing the fear that should be ours. 
because he was taking the punishment that should be ours. He faced a separation with God that should be ours. And he took it because we couldn't. He took it so we didn't have to. He took it because we couldn't. He took it so we didn't have to. In anguish, maybe fear, he fell down and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And as this was the only way, in, as God in, in flesh, in his perfect, infinite love for you and for me and his people, in his perfect love, fear was driven out of him, and he calmly stood before the authorities. And he submitted to a cruel beating. And he carried his own cross as long as he physically could. Until nailed upon it, he finally gasped, it is finished. Fear is finished. Fear is finished. Perfect love has driven out fear. Perfect love driven out fear. Jesus' perfect love banishes punishment, it banishes fear for those who believe this, who trust in this. For those who trust now, this Jesus is with us by his Spirit. The one who banished fear, who dealt with fear, lives with us, in us, by his Spirit. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. And we love now because he loved us. We love because he loved us. Fear taken from us, love shown to us, so we can live in love and live not in fear. But do you live in fear? Do you know this love, this life-changing love? Now, I should be clear, I'm not suggesting you're never going to feel scared again or afraid. I think it's similar, right? Just in the way that sin's been dealt with, yet it still plagues us. Uh, we won't escape fear entirely this side of glory. I'm not going to walk through life confident and serene and, and like that. Uh, I'm not saying we won't have reason to fear. We'll have plenty of reason to fear. But we face it, how? As those perfectly loved, perfectly cared for. And there's, there's, there's more to it. You know when I say, you know, just as Jesus is in the world so that we are in the world, there's an awful lot that comes along with that, isn't there? This includes being like Jesus as he carries his cross. The way of the world of Jesus is not the way fear, free from fears and troubles. Our world hated Jesus in many ways. It will hate us too. It says in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. We don't interfere it because we walk with Jesus, who has loved us perfectly, freed us from punishment and judgment, and given us his spirit. The Chinese pastor we heard uh, from before says this is what he and his people are learning, what they are relearning. Under persecution, we do not want to bear the cross for the Lord. The way of the cross for our older generation is now truly our path. We need to become followers of Christ by his cross. We need to repent, leaders as well as congregations. I wonder if you and I also need to repent in some ways, to turn from a way of life, to say sorry, to turn from this way of fear without love. I think perhaps the obvious way is, is the same as what the Chinese pastor was, was, uh, was going through. I mean, he wanted the smooth path and the easy way. Perhaps this label of consumer Christianity fits us a little more snugly than we'd like to admit. Maybe one way of diagnosing this in your own heart is, is um, 
Just asking yourself, when's the last time that maybe your faith in Jesus, the fact that you're a Christian, has led you to do something that's left you worse off, so to speak? Where it cost money or time or put you in a situation where someone would think badly of you. Now, we don't do these things to earn our place or earn points with God, but this question might help diagnose your heart. Do we not do these things that are costly to us because we fear the consequences? Do we not see again the perfect and powerful love of Jesus that drives out fear? Do we need to see that again? See it again and again and loosen that hold of fear on our hearts. Maybe that's one area we need to see our hearts and our lives more clearly. Now, the other way is a bit different. That's kind of one way where we're trying to avoid fear. But as we've considered fear, we've thought about living like Jesus. And I've been convicted that we shouldn't just be not those who kind of are fearing ourselves, but if we're like Jesus, we shouldn't be using fear either. We shouldn't be causing fear in others. If we are as Jesus is, then that's inappropriate for us. Now, I think the obvious example for me is just easy one is, is, is as a parent, do my kids behave out of fear of me? When they see me, do they feel fear or do they know my love? Now, it's a hard needle to thread, isn't it? You know? I think it's okay for kids to fear consequences. Love doesn't mean no discipline. And my, my fatherhood needs to reflect God's fatherhood, the, the father who points to the consequences of sin, the father who disciplines those he loves, but he's the father who is love. God who is love. And so I guess when my kids look towards me, can they say, Dad is love towards me? Dad is love, or do I use my power and position so they fear me. I'm sure I don't get this right all the time. I'm sure I do both. So I need to learn and relearn and relearn how to love my kids in a way that they, that they don't feel fear, they feel loved. Um, Ellie's, given me, Ellie's read a book, said I should read it too, called How to Really Love Your Child. I think she thinks I'll find it helpful in this. Perhaps you could find it helpful too, How to Really Love Your Child. Even though we, I think the idea is even though we come thinking we're loving, it's not always perceived that way. And so how can we love those around us in the way that they will feel love and not feel fear? And in case you think this is just for like dads and big tough employers or people with strength and power and position, it's worth knowing we can use fear in all kinds of ways. Your kids or your spouse or your colleagues or your friends might fear you. They might fear your anger or your moods or your withdrawing of love and affection or guilt when they let you down. Do you use fear? Well, perfect love needs to drive out fear. Both the fear we feel, feel, fear and wield together. Both the fear we feel and the fear that we wield. You and I need to see again the perfect love of Jesus. Pray that this love will drive out the fear so that as he is in the world, so we can be like that too. And I love seeing the way that we are like that as a church. It's great. I love seeing those moments in our church family where we step in confidence into hard things. It's great. Difficult situations into the unknown. As we walk with Jesus, we walk without fear. And I think it would be great if more and more we are shaped not by fear, but by Jesus' love for us. We saw last week, we saw Wan Lee come to faith. Uh, because of this kind of love. Neighbours reaching across the back fence without fear, reaching out in love and effort across a language barrier over years and years, 
and that for many of us would be too hard or maybe embarrassing or too tricky to, to, to start, and so we won't bother. But love drove out fear, and, and, and they reached across. We saw the Toonie Kids Week team years ago in love and in costly effort uh, welcoming Wan Lee's son, provided her first opportunity to step foot in this church building on that Friday fun night. I love seeing this love in action in all kinds of ways. I look forward to seeing it again in, in big ways as we do Toonie Kids Week the next little while, in small ways as I hear about you reaching across your back fence or across the street. We've been loved perfectly. We have life in Jesus. How good is it that love, life with Jesus means love without fear? I'm going to pray for us. Father, we pray that our neighbours and our communities will know this perfect love that drives out fear. Father, please take away our fear so that we can share this love with them. But we know this only happens as you change our hearts. So please, please etch this perfect love into our hearts. Drive out the fear as we see perfect love in Jesus. May we not be those who feel this fear. May we not be those that use this fear. And sorry when we do. Please show us Jesus more and more that by his power and his grace we might grow to walk more like him in this world and as we are prepared for glory for eternity with him too. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.